tonight on The Goblin's Corner, Ludicrous Bestiary, Volume 3. Feline Horrors. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're doing feline horrors. Yes, indeed. Because your nightmares need to have a cat in it. Yeah. That's it. Fair enough. Yeah, there's nothing else. So tonight, we've got several monsters that we've created. This is part of our Stupid Monster series, if you've been paying attention. But honestly, there's not really anything stupid about most of these. Amusing, certainly. Right. But not stupid. Oh, no. But definitely ludicrous. Yes. And horrible. Yeah. In some cases. So we've got some feline horrors for your campaign free of charge. But before we get to that. Got a question of the week, man. Every time. Indeed. It's almost like that's why it's called the question of the week. That's right. And we have a feline question of the week, of course, because feline horrors. Because we try and keep it on theme most of the time. You do. I mean- my brain is like an off-road vehicle, so I'm just rampaging through the woods randomly. But. It's fair. All right, so here we go. If you could have a fantasy feline pet or make up your own, okay, what would you choose? It cannot have humanoid intelligence, no sphinxes, okay. anything like that. No, no sphinxes. That's... So what would you choose and why? If I could have a fantasy feline pet... The, my first answer would be a tressum. It would have to be a tressum. So a flying cat. The problem is, is which, that is also my first answer. But, but they're, they're intelligent. intelligent. I know. And my second, you know, what my second answer would be a tressum that's not intelligent. No, it would be an exceed from fairy tale, the mm. anime. Sure. It's mm. also a winged cat, but they're intelligent. Oh, sure. So I can't have that either. This is a tough one for me because what I really need is a cat that can talk. Because you know they would talk back to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They would just be a smart-ass friend. They better be. I wouldn't want the cat otherwise. That's why you get a cat. Right. Because they're smart-asses. Yeah, because you want a teenager, not a toddler. Yes. It's the difference between cats and dogs, folks. So I would say a Smilodon. Okay. He's a cute little baby Smilodon, like this big, and he grows up, and you can ride him like Battle Cat. Okay. So no... uh we're not even fantasying it. Where you just want like a straight up. Smilodon. I want a prehistoric Smilodon, saber tooth tiger. Okay, okay. You could see it, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I know it's what a, one looks a, like. You know, it's a steamy, smog-filled day in Atlanta. There's cars everywhere, and here I am, gracefully bounding over the cars, riding my saber tooth tiger. You are not bounding over cars. You're going from car top to car top and <laughs> smashing them as you go because Absolutely. they're like 1,200 pounds. Yes, indeed. Just crushing them. Oh, yeah. No. Batting I'm, them aside. I've met you. Scaling three stories, smashing my way in. I'm at work now. Yeah, Furry Jurassic Park. I know. I'm with it. It would be awesome. <laughs> I would love, I love everything. I, the mental picture of me, briefcase in hand. I don't even own a briefcase. Nor do I have any need for anything to go into a briefcase, but I would have one. Your laptop. Big great red tie whipping in the wind majestically as I roll into corporate America. I'd have a spear in my hand. I would ask for a raise. They would tell me no. And my Smilodon would swipe and slash somebody's throat, and then I would spear them. Hostile takeover. It'd be great, right? Sure. Like the, yeah. mental, the mental picture, it's, ah. Uh, 
perfect. It's, it needs to be a cartoon. I was going to say it is very, very <laughs> like every the mental picture I'm watching of this is done in anime. Oh, yeah. Either either. Yeah. Very either like old school anime with like the ver- the moving graphics or something or Samurai Jack. I would also approve of that. Mm. Yeah. You can see oh, it. No. As- see, I was thinking like uh, uh, One Punch Man. One, oh, One Punch Man. Yeah. Good call for that. I'd do that. Yeah. Cool. So that's that's my answer, Smilodon. Okay. Now, that's not technically fantasy. I but mean, it's good enough for if me. you're going to do it today, it's fantasy. That's true. I mean, unless you leave it up to scientists. Um, so what is yours? I still want a winged cat, man. Uh, I know it's tough, right? Well, hey, you know what? Or make up your own. I'm I added that caveat, so I'm Fair gonna take enough. it. All right, make your own up then. What would you want? I want a melanistic scottish fold with bat wings okay yep that's what i want so i mean bat wings that are big enough to hold it obviously so just a like a solid black but do you know which one a scottish fold is oh yeah it's got like the he's got the, the cute, cute little, little fold, fold over ears yeah. and stuff with bat wings yeah that would be cute just a solid black because they're so fuzzy oh yeah you're welcome for that mental image. People. That is that is yep. just nothing but cute, nothing but cute. Till he hacks up a fur ball on your face in the middle of the night, and then he flies off. You imagine flying cats, by the way. Oh yeah, because you know they would shit on people just because. Maybe, maybe, because they really prefer to do that privately. Yeah, the but option. they would. But but given the fact that they hate all other life forms, they would do it just to piss you off. Are you someone who flies? Or perhaps you own a cat? Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, ericgoblinscorner.com, or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can find us on all the things. Indeed. So, on to the stupid monsters. With much fanfare and much ado, in this case now, we're going very specific. So the last couple of monster sets we... We had some categories. The first one, we just kind of riffed. Yeah. Came up with some ridiculous creatures. This time, it must include a feline creature in the makeup. Has to have a feline creature. And it has to be feline primary. Yes. Not secondary for the stuff. So, I'll give you an example. You could add a squid and a saber-toothed tiger, and you have a dire displacer beast. Sure. Think welcome. Yeah, think that's, about that. Think that's about just that, the example, folks. That's, that's just not the even example. one of the ones we're going on. You want to know where they came from? That's where they came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're like, oh, but squids have suckers, look up home humbled squids. I'd say you're welcome, but you're not going to thank so me for saber it. Sabertooth tiger and humbled squid made a dire <laughs> yeah. displacer beast? Why yeah. not? They're not going to thank me for it. Those are terrifying. So we've got a couple examples of different feline creatures. and. We're going very loose because you might have a different game that you play. Sure. May not be D&D, although you can use all of these for D&D. But you can also use some. No. Except, no you really can't. Not for no. one of them. Maybe two, two of them. them. Oh, yeah. yeah. You could. I could use it for a Spelljammer campaign for one of them. That's true. So definitely one you probably can't use. But uh, we've we've got several fantasy, several any game, and then a couple that are sci-fi as well. Yeah. And we've got a couple of stats, and these are just general stats. So we've got what? So obviously we need a name. Yeah. So we've come up with some handy names for you to reference this by. And we'll, we'll probably write the stats up at some point when we remember to on our website. Sure. Got descriptions and, you know, what is it? Yep. 
uh, some kind of special defense or attack that it has. Sure. Uh, and combat and whether or not that's a thing. And that could also include strategy in the combat. Sure. And finally. Ecology. If it has one. And does it have one? Yeah. <laughs> some of these don't. So that's it. All right. So uh, I believe you're starting us off with the box cat. Yes. <laughs> Which is. Uh, I'm amused by the this by the description because it is anything but a box. Okay. Although there is a reason why it's called a box cat. You hear a meow from the corner of your room. As you open a storage container, you see what appears to be a cat-like fur-covered gelatinous creature, as if a cat were suddenly boneless. Mm-hmm. The thing of ooze in cat form. Mm-hmm. You pour the amorphous furry beast into your lap and pet it absentmindedly as it oozes furry cuteness on your floor. Just kind of drips fur sure. everywhere. Created for those who want a pet that is easy to travel with or for those with small apartments. Box cats have little to do with boxes aside from the fact that they can be perfectly stored in one and they enjoy small spaces, like all cats do. Sure. Like all oozes, they eat whatever organic matter happens to be lying around, which keeps a home very tidy, but it also keeps the box cat very easy to care for. Sure. You feed it whatever the hell you want. Just random right. vegetable matter, garbage out of the trash. Yeah. If it's organic, it'll eat it. See, the great thing about that is if you cook the tops and tails of everything, you just dump them on the floor. Just toss them you to don't, the box cat. He just yep. oozes over, sticks a furry pseudopod, absorbs it, and there you go. In addition to organic matter, the box cat also feeds on pets. And I don't mean pets as in your pets. Right. I mean the action. I mean, I suppose it also Pettings. would. Petting, yes. I suppose it could also eat pets too, which would be detrimental for your pets. Right. But amusing as well. How this is equated into living energy, the petting, is unknown, but it is thought to be some form of psychic nourishment in origin. Sure. Everybody gets good feelings from getting pets. So it's does the box Most cat. people. Most yeah. people do. Yeah. Some people don't like to be touched. All right. So we have a, we have a furry puddle. <laughs> yeah, pretty have, much. Have you ever seen the webcomic Something Positive? Yes. Okay. But it's been a while. Okay. So in that webcomic, there is, in fact, a boneless cat. Really? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I, have to, uh, I have to make a call for our buddy Sigil because we used to have this running joke where he wanted a boneless chicken called Gummy. Okay. It was a boneless beakless brainless wonder and it would just slither under the door he just wanted like they just wanted a chicken that was boneless sure that sounds very much like sigil <laughs> and beakless probably also featherless knowing him so it'd just be this chicken mass he wanted a news he wanted a news yeah as a pet i just thought that was funny sure okay so let's talk about special defenses and or attacks now obviously it is an ooze so it would have all of the standard ooze attacks which in dd means it would have some kind of slam attack Okay. Just to let you know. Uh, when threatened, though, or more often, when the owner fails to give proper attention to the box cat, see where I'm going through, mm-hmm. the box cat may suddenly decide to devour the unfortunate individual. Much like how a cat behavior would, would be. Sure. It starts with a slam attack, followed by engulfing the victim, and then a series of tiny, sharp mouths do repeated piercing damage over time until the individual is eaten. So just kind of like a like a gibbering mouth that sprouts yeah. just tiny like, teeth. Yeah. Just kind of grinds you into a paste. 
10% of box cats can fling a fuzzy fur ball projectile. <laughs> it's spit fur on you. Sure. This doesn't have physical damage, but it is composed of mostly wet hair and undigested food matter. The recipient takes 10 psychic damage from it just being fucking gross. <laughs> it also never comes out of your carpet. This is all accurate. Yes. And if you've never had a cat intentionally or unintentionally hack up a hairball on you, then you don't understand. They're nasty. Yeah. Uh, its combat, as I mentioned, is a slam attack and golf fur fling. So damaging a box cat with something sharp will cause it to split into two box cats, leading to even more trouble and cuteness. So you don't you don't adopt an extra box cat. You just damage You just lop yours in half. Yep. You just cut it in half and give it to your friends who will then stick it in a box and love it until it devours them. See? It's handy. Yep. Useful as a pet or for an enemy. So what's the what's the ecology of a box cat? Box cats are not a natural creation and thus have no place in any ecology and shouldn't. <laughs> Occasionally, some are left by their owners and turned feral. These can grow to monstrous proportions and give rise to the myths of fur mountains. Box cats are sometimes preyed upon in the wild by other top carnivores, including hunting birds and children. Sure. <laughs> Somebody dropped their jello. Yeah. Kids just, just wreck a box cat. Now, in my uh, mentality, I was thinking this could be great for a fantasy campaign, obviously. Sure. Great for a Shadow modern Run campaign. Shadowrun campaign. Yes, yeah, so it could be a mutant. So come up with how it was created. A mad wizard, mad scientist, kind of the same, right? It's all mad. Yeah could come from the far realm or wasn't even a mad thing it was done intentionally somebody wanted an oozing cuteness yep who wouldn't want a fur puddle and you know the easiest way to say that they escaped into the wild is you're in a mega complex right your little box cats coming roaming through the automatic door closes mm -hmm. cuts a little piece of it off and it, the little piece just goes roaming around yeah, now you got a Oops. box kitten Hanging out. All right, so. That's the box kit. So you have the next one up here, which is called a Zoomy. Indeed. So tell me what the Zoomy is. Well, obviously, this is clearly a play on when pets get the Zoomies, right? Yeah. Okay. But in this case, the description is, uh, the Feywild is a strange and wonderful, occasionally terrifying place. And only in such a place could you find the love child of a bobcat and a quickling. So it's the Tasmanian devil. Something and, fast and furious. <laughs> Indeed. These silver cats with deep purple spots are a bit large for bobcats, averaging 35 to 55 inches from nose to the end of their tail. Not that the end of their tail means a whole lot because they're bobcats, so they got the little stubby nose. Oh yeah, they got the little, little wiggle. Yeah, so it is mostly cat and not mostly tail. How, how tall are they? Well, they stand 18 to 30 inches because bobcats out in the wild have a surprisingly wide range of sizes. Mm -hmm. so I didn't I know that. I, neither did I until so, I did research. It's still fairly large cat. It's true. They're a lot thinner than usual, despite being quite fluffy. Uh, this is, you know, passed on from their quickling heritage. Because, oh, because quicklings are thin and, and, yeah. and sprightly little creatures. Cool. And, because, I mean, how much would you have to eat to get fat as a quickling? Yeah. With a metabolism like that? And eat like a whole person or something. Yeah. You'd have to live in an orchard just... All right. Some sages theorize, only somewhat jokingly, 
The slightly increased size is to contain the increased unfocused disdain. Because all cats have disdain from other things. Right. And quicklings are also n- not kind and gentle creatures. Fair enough with that. So if you put the two of them together, yeah, it's, it's bad times. It is what it is, yeah. Okay, cool. So we've got a very fast bobcat. A very manic, somewhat disdainful, fast bobcat. So what are its special attacks and defenses? All right. Well, first off, if you're playing D&D or or something similar, all attacks made against the Zumi are made at disadvantage unless its speed is reduced by half or greater. Because you just can't catch it. Yeah. It's just it's fast, man. You ever try to catch a cat when it's got the Zumis? It's tough. Zumis have innate magic which is used for a variety of purposes, mostly some form of ambush or troublemaking. Okay. Because they're not kind and gentle creatures. Theme that as you will for your campaign. Right. But you have some examples. I do. They can mold unworked earth over time to suit their purposes. So they could, you know, make a den for themselves. Oh, that's nice. But they could also make pit traps and other. (laughs) So I see like, it was like a, a trap spider, trapdoor spider, yep. <laughs> except you see this massive hole and like, damn, what kind of gopher dug that? And this zoom wow. cat just flies out at the speed of light. Sure. <laughs> that would be fun. Then create auditory illusions to scare or lure predators or victims. So what is an example of the auditory illusion? So, you know. Help me. Help me. Off in the woods and our intelligent heroes must go save this child there's a small child out in the woods lost i must go and find her exactly and then they find and that's how the paladin dies first well that's what you get for being a paladin (laughs) cool what what else can they do they also have the ability to levitate themselves or someone else a couple times a day now that could be fun okay you've got an earth digging ventriloquist levitating cat it's fast. Obviously, zoomies have evasion or whatever the system equivalent sure, is. Of course it is. What kind of ecology do they have? So the thing is, is very crossbreed between a fae and a natural creature. They don't exist in actual ecologies. They are fae creatures. So they exist in the fae wild, roaming around. I say roaming, you know buzzing at great speeds around but other than that if they get out into the prime there's no squirrels within a hundred mile radius in fact but also they're not going to make any more of themselves while they're out there i mean i guess they could come across another bobcat Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah think about that yeah so there could be there could be problems (laughs) lightning fast bobcats all over the place now, that would be a fun thing for adventurers to try to solve. It's true. The, the one from the Feywild is also not going to die of old age, so it's not a problem that's going to go away on its own. Yeah, there you go. Cool. What do you have next? We have the mineral lynx, and it is a lynx. Okay. So the description goes as follows. As the group crests the hill, you stumble upon a large, majestic feline with a rugged, stone-like texture, such as mineral true long tufts of fur sprout from its ears and its crystalline tail is also bushy okay kind of a mixture of fur and you know crystal right sure 
the feline creature is surrounded by what appears to be statues of various humanoids in a myriad of poses, mostly horror. It suddenly turns as if to disregard you and lifts its tail. Roll a con save. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. This was created because, you know, how cats always want to show you their butt. Yeah. Normally, that's a sign of trust, though. That's I, a, I know. This is a sign of disregard. It's not normally an attack. Yeah, this is, well, this is an attack, so. Created by a mad dwarven wizard to guard sacred mountains and peaks, the mineral lynx has been imbued with the power of elemental earth, as well as a terrifying ability to petrify victims with its star-shaped anus. <laughs> uh, sure. I, you know, I make these monsters to make myself laugh. Oh, really. yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. All <laughs> right. So, uh, I, obviously, we know one of its special defenses slash attacks. So. Petrify other creatures, yes. So, what else we got going on here? So, uh, its special attacks and defenses being creature partially composed of elemental earth, specifically mineral, thus the name. The mineral links can shrug off most physical attacks. Makes sense. It's made of rock, right? Right. So, bludgeoning, slashing, piercing, doesn't really harm it as much, right? Half damage or whatever stat you feel like coming up with on the fly. System dependent, sure. Yeah. Additionally, the creature has two particularly nasty methods of defense. The first, it's its petrifying anus attack. Right. Shows you its anus, right? Yeah. Any who gaze upon the mineral lynx's star-shaped anus must make a con save or equivalent or be turned into stone or some kind of random mineral. You can roll on like a table. Yeah. You might be worth something. You might. Your friends might decide not to change you back. <laughs> Turn into jade and they, they sell you instead of uh, resurrect you. I'm just might, saying. It might be worth more than the cost of the diamond to resurrect you. Yep. Think about that. Secondly, should its assailants continue to attack, the mineral links will spray the victims with a nasty smelling substance. It pees on them. Right. And it also turns people to stone. Sure. And I would say it would maybe calcify or mineralize them upon contact. So if you're playing like a sci-fi game, maybe you get splashed, a little bit of cat urine, and your arm starts slowly turning to mineral, like crystallizing, kind of like rock, rock candy. It turns you into rock candy or something like that. Sure. So that's more of a creeping stone disease versus the the three rounds it takes to be petrified in sure. 5e. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you could play with that. And what was of course, it called? Like a grayscale? From Th Game of Thrones? I think Would so. Would that be? Yeah, something like that. So yeah, you could have it as a disease if you wanted to, or it could just be an immediate thing. You just turn to stone because you get peed on. Yep. It really depends on how you want to play the mineral links. You could up or down its scale for sure. whatever versatility you want. Uh, in combat, obviously, it's going to act like a like a link. So it's got some claw attacks. It's got a mm -hmm. bite attack. And, of course, it's petrifying anus. Yes. And spray. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. I'm like six years old sometimes. Oh, I know. And now see me, like uh, tactics wise, I can see this charging into a group of adventurers, taking the center spot and then clawing, clawing, biting. And then whoever is the hapless soul that ends up behind it. The rogue. You're right. The rogue is dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The rogue catches the. Uh, the rogue gets a gaze attack. Yep. That's what happens. You know, sometimes it sucks to be the corpse. Yeah. <laughs> I I had a couple of jokes that went running through and I had to run them through the is this appropriate filter? None of them passed. Think about that, so guys. So I'm going to just sit there and smile. Yeah, because we say a lot of inappropriate things and Matt has to edit even that. That must a be, lot. oh, we're going to talk about this after the show. I can't wait to hear this. 
Uh, Ecology-wise, mineral lynxes feed on their namesake, so they eat minerals. And so anyone who is turned to stone by one doesn't stick around for very long. Handy? Sure. Additionally, they're also fond of precious stones, gypsum, quartz, and for some reason, lithium. All right. <laughs> this is how my brain works. It just even keel, yeah. Just, this is how my brain works. They were created by a bunch of dwarven wizards, right? They're guarding, they guard mountain ranges, they turn you to stone, they eat you. It's right. perfect, perfect guard animals. Occasionally, lucky adventurers can befriend a mineral lynx with those objects, so the precious stones or gypsum or give them you know, some lithium pills or something, with these objects long enough to either A, escape from the mineral lynx, or B, bond with the animal. So if you're, if you're headed in the right direction, like if you know this is coming, you just stock up. Yeah. Just uh, pick up some of the little gypsum roses, you know, the naturally forming stars. Yeah. yeah. Just grab a whole pouch full of those and hand them over like kitty treats until it loves you. Yep. There you go. And you've got a awesome guard animal. It's true. Mineral lynxes will also not attack dwarves on sites. So if you're a dwarf, sure. you're good. Although they do have a habit of chewing on their beards. So that's the mineral links. All right. Pretty cool, huh? Absolutely. All right. We've got more feline horrors for you, but we'll be right back. After these messages. If there are any topics you would like us to cover, goods or services you would like us to review, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, we would love for you to contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. See you there. And we're back. Welcome back. So we're talking Ludicrous Bestiary Volume 3. That's right, Feline Horrors. And we've already given you three right. feline horrors. So we had the box cat. Mm-hmm. We had the zoomy. And the mineral links. Right. And so we've got a couple more as well. Absolutely. And the next one actually is yours, and it's called Mr. Fuzz. That's right. And I'm really excited to hear why it's called Mr. Fuzz, because this is based off of a real animal. Yes. Yes, this is this is based off of my grandmother's cat. <laughs> and when I read this description, I literally thought it was the cat from Discworld. Grebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grebo. I literally thought cat. this motherfucker was Grebo. No, those... I'm pretty sure that uh, Terry Pratchett knew my grandmother and had met Mr. Fuzz in real life. Like, that's the only explanation for how closely related those two are. Just to go to show, there's always a mean cat. Yeah. All right. So what is Mr. Fuzz? So Mr. Fuzz, a.k.a. the meanest cat to ever live. In life, Mr. Fuzz loved only one person, an elderly woman that pampered him whenever he decided to visit. Every other living thing was an enemy. He was once seen mauling a wolf that was trying to catch a dog, only to turn around and also maul the dog. That's a tough-ass cat. So what you have to understand is that this is a slightly exaggerated true story. I once saw this cat maul a coyote that was chasing a dog and then turn around and maul the dog. All right. That's a thing that occurred because that's how little disregard <laughs> this cat had for living. That cat had a chip on his shoulder, man, and death wish or something. He was berserker in that, that cat in had a whole life. boulder on his shoulder, man. Yeah, that I mean, God, it was a Viking cat. He wanted to go out with a fury. All right, cool. So talk to me more about this cat. After his death, he descended into the abyss. 
Whether this was a return home or simply his just reward is a matter of much debate among some scholars. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Fuzz is a greater demon, having worked his way up the food chain in fairly short order. He knows no master in hell and has escaped a handful of times to visit his only friend in heaven, where they've <laughs> decided to let him pass since he only wants pettings while he's there and will depart shortly again. Yeah. He just comes up from the bowels of the earth. Yeah. He just sits on her lap for a little bit, gets his pettings, and then descends back down to continue to terrorize the multiverse. This is definitely something that you could use for comic relief. Yeah. You could use this, honestly, as an assailant or as an epic level quest, an amusing epic level quest. Like, because it should look like a house cat. It, it yeah, absolutely. The, I would say absolutely no different than just a straight up house cat. It clearly old, it has to tom. be. It has to be a tomcat. It has to be very fuzzy mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise that would not make sense due to his some, name. Some battle scars, maybe. I could see that. Sure. Uh, let's see. And let's not go stereotypical. Mr. Fuzz in real life was gray. He was not a black cat. He was, you know, you don't, you don't get to box me in like that. Oh, I'm not bad luck. I'm terror. (laughs) So you don't have to make him gray, but don't make him a black cat. Don't be that guy. So what kind of special attacks and defenses should Mr. Fuzz have? Well, you understand he's, he's a greater demon, right? So let's, let's start off. He is immune to radiant, thunder, and all forms of fear or charm. Yeah, I can see that. Because he's just a rampaging cat. Yeah. Radiant, because he is one of the only cats I've ever met that did not give a shit about your laser pointer. Hmm. Thunder, because unlike most animals, he didn't care if it was pouring down rain. When he was ready to go terrorize the universe, he went out. And obviously... You can't be a a rampaging beast without being immune to fear. And since he only ever loved one person, he's immune to charm also. You can't force him to love you. He hates you. (laughs) And everything else. All right. Resists. Everything else. Literally everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I was was thinking that's where you're going here. So one of his special defenses is voluminous fur. He's called Mr. Fuzz. Exactly. The first time... Any individual creature bites Mr. Fuzz, they must make a con save or whatever is appropriate in your system or begin choking. On the fur. On the fur. So he sheds like Haley's Comet. Yes. Leaves a trail wherever he goes. Yes. uh, His special attacks are his hate-laced claws. (laughs) I love every bit about this. This is great. His claws ignore resistance and immunity. Moreover, a creature struck by a claw attack continues to bleed until either a med kit or magical healing is applied. Creatures take a cumulative one point of damage per successful attack at the start of their turn each round. That's a badass cat. Yes. I want to ride him into traffic like a smile at on. <laughs> you can see that too, right? That's... Me riding this tiny house cat. <laughs> so, uh, Blinding strike is one of his attacks. Deck save or be blinded until magically heal. That's pretty simple. This is also apropos to this particular cat. Because I know for a fact he's blinded at least one dog. 
What else do we have? Oh, intimidating presence. Target must make a charisma save or system appropriate, or all attacks made against Mr. Fuzz are made with disadvantage. Hmm. Because have you ever seen the way even animal catchers approach an angry cat? Fearfully. Exactly. So now imagine this being the angriest cat. Everybody's like, mm, I don't want to catch those hands. Yeah, cat's pissed off, man. He's got something to prove. And his next ability should conjure a specific picture in most people's heads that have ever watched any sort of cat videos. The left claw flurry. After landing two successful attacks <laughs> in a round, he can make six additional attacks at half damage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> See where this is going. That's awesome. <laughs> I also noticed you put down berserk because I, it should be. Right. Any cat that takes dog on should be a berserker. If Mr. Fuzz loses half of his hit points, he goes berserk, at which point his attacks are all made with advantage and deal extra damage. As appropriate to your campaign and setting. Yes. Fearful Yowl. Oh, cool. What is that? So, if Mr. Fuzz is napping, he starts an encounter with a fearful yowl, forcing everything in 300 feet to make a charisma save, or whatever's appropriate for your system, or flee from the direction of the yowl for 10 minutes. Mr. Fuzz can perform a fearful yowl every 10 minutes until irritated enough to deal with the problem. <laughs> So that's Mr. Fuzz, huh? Yeah. And of course, it's a demon, so no ecology is needed for that. Yeah. No. Nice. I love everything about that. Yeah, just this pissed just, off cat that descended into the abyss, became a greater demon, and now lurks occasionally, ventures up from the abyss to get pets in heaven from yeah. its only owner. Yeah. I, man, I had to give the devil his due. <laughs> that, that's a, the most ridiculous cat i've ever seen in my life that's a badass cat i want to own a cat like that that's i love mean cats that's just me all right so uh what do we have next oh we're going a little more uh a little more modern day futuristic angle we got for a little the cyberpunk one. feline at this point all right and i call this the meow meme okay here's the description your screen begins to suddenly play an unknown video on it, preset to your particular algorithmic specifics are events which engage and interest you and only you in the room. Your attention is now achieved. The video begins to subtly shift, and you feel your mind becoming docile, servile, programmable. Your last thoughts before you become yet another tool to the electron entity, which has you spellbound, are of a large fluffy cat in the corner of the video, which is kind of odd because it's the only thing out of place. Sinister, right? Like this is where I'm going. Is like you watch something like, like a, something out of the ring, basically. Right. But it's a cat. Absolutely not sinister, nor really even all that out of place for my particular algorithm. But I can. Yes, yeah, fair enough. For someone's algorithm, it's for most definitely most people's algorithm. Most people's. Yeah. So meow memes are sinister entities of the global telecommunications network. No one knows where they actually came from or what they are specifically. Depending upon the scholar asked, they will alternate with a particularly nasty form of AI. They might be a semi-intelligent neuro program or a spirit or fae of the digital world. Those who look too deep into meow means end up disappearing for good. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So tailor it again to your world dimension and game. Better be a Luddite if you're going to do some investigating. Oh, yeah. 
Could you see this as you could have a meow meme as a spiritual cat on a radio program, like in the 1920s, Call of Cthulhu stuff? Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Absolutely. You could also do a... Showing up on a Jacob's Ladder like you just see a cat? Yep. I was thinking you could do it as a cult patron. Yes, absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. For, you know, modern day times. All right, so what do you have for special defenses and attacks? Well, aside from being electronic and therefore pretty much unassailable in the physical world, a meow meme can easily overtake most humanoid minds via a tailored visual effect. Okay. It's a mimetic, right? Right. Some kind of mental virus. This usually takes the form of a viral video complete with sound. You know, obviously, you must have save against both the visual and the auditory effect. Mm. So there's two saves involved depending upon your game. Once the mind is docile, a secondary video is then produced complete with instructions. And sometimes these are to acquire an object, go to a specific location, murder someone, you know, whatever is appropriate to the campaign. It's like that. Yeah, it's just what happens. Some kind of insidious instructions. Um, That would actually be a great way to start a campaign. All of you show up in a location because a, a meow meme told you to? All of you show up in a location covered in blood. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And sinister. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, we should do that at some point. You're welcome, guys. Those with a hearty will or a hearty mind, depending upon the save, and those which can be torn away from the video before it completes its program can be saved from the actual programming. Sure. So if you're... Cue card. Yeah, if you're out of mind and body or someone just wrenches you away before the video can complete, then you're you're fine. Otherwise, it takes something life-affecting such as a reduction in hit points, say like half of your hit points gone, or some kind of severe shock to the system. You know, you see your parents naked, you know, something to shock you for you to snap out of it. Yep. Understand, <laughs> if, uh, if one of my people suddenly starts trying to murder a random individual it's cattle prod time so understand that would be a shock to the system right Hit him with the cattle prod okay now what happened what something overcame me i saw this video there was a cat in it uh combat though really none right because it's a meme so it's really just primarily a mind affecting however should the player succeed in getting online so say you're playing Shadowrun, for example sure you could maybe attack it on the matrix so in that case, it would have the same statistics as, say, like a lion. Right. So for your average Shadowrun person, it's not terribly dangerous once you can manage to get online. To Well, not just to get online, but to track it down once you're on. It's still a cat. And it's intelligent. Yes. It's not just like an animal. Uh, in terms of ecology, a byproduct of our collective need to watch crap on screen... Meow memes work towards their own obscure purpose. Some suggest that all meow memes work in concert with each other, even though some seem at cross purposes. But as to the truth, it's anyone's guess. In my world, (laughs) they absolutely would not be working together. See, I would run a campaign where they're literally trying to achieve something, some kind of global domination. Sure. And all of the, the meow memes are doing vastly different things. So you might have one infect somebody with the program and have them, you know, just go buy a bunch of lotto tickets. 
The other one might have you murder somebody. The other one have you go to a specific location. But it's all like some kind of arcane sequence to actually do something. Sure. If you're a threat, then you might get memed just to show up somewhere. But 40 or 50 people might get memed to murder, murder you at that location. Now you're seeing where all Absolutely. this is going. Yeah. yeah, so it's a really fun assailant. Uh, this is something, again, not overt combat, right? I use it more as like a uh, plot device. Right. And the thing is, is let's say you're a good character and you're aware of why all these people are trying to murder you. Mm-hmm. Can you in good conscience kill them kill them yeah because they're just mind being mind controlled yeah I, they're brainwashed oh delightful moral quandaries that's right so that's the meow meme now we've got a final feline horror for you and matt you have it i believe it's called the philanal theorem yes in the depths of space lies the swiftly moving strange cat star cat star yes <laughs> like literally a cat star yes okay yes as your spaceship approaches the stellar object you see two permanent stellar flares atop the star no matter which direction you approach from forming perfect feline ears nice this cosmic horror existed at the beginning of all things and shall exist long after the universe ceases there are some mystics who believe that the big bang was created by the cat star having grown bored and knocking the universe off of the cosmic shelf. <laughs> so just batted, or batted the universe around like a toy. Indeed. Yeah, that makes sense. This is generally regarded as good for those things living in the universe, but no one is certain when the Felinathrin will knock it into extinction in the future. Hmm. Okay. So at any point in time, it could just get bored with this whole scenario. Yeah, and just start tearing the place apart. In the universe like Ragnarok? Yeah. Cool. So what are the... Uh, all right, so that's that's the cat star. Yes. What are the special attacks and defenses? So what you have to remember is that it's a fucking star. Fair enough. So it's a star. <laughs> yes. So combat? Also a, a star. fucking star. Also yes. a star. Yeah. All right, cool. Does it have an ecology of any sort? It is a star that eats stars. So it's a star phage. Yes. A stellar phage. Yes. Okay. In addition, it exhibits an almost bemused personality towards other stellar objects near its gravity. So, for example, it's a cat star. So anything that's in the local vicinity of the gravity well, it's just going to play with. Right. Yeah. So it might bat around a gas giant. Yeah. Maybe chew on a comet or something like that, like a mouse. Absolutely. Boy, that's, that's going to make stellar travel treacherous. Well, you know. <laughs> this would be I'm just saying, like, you get near the you get near the the cat star, don't go near the cat star. He's currently playing with a with a Beetle guy. Type three glass <laughs> yeah, gas giant. It's it's horrible, horrible. The citizens there, they're all being forced to flee. That's awesome. How does it feel about anything else? It shows a basically a casual disregard for all other life forms that are not Felinathrin, because it's a cat. So it only likes other cats. Fair enough. Yeah. And there's nothing large enough for it to domesticate. I'm down with that too. Yeah. So there you have it. Several feline horrors for you to use in your campaign. And you know, feel free to 
edit them slightly or uh or help. yeah just use them for inspiration and edit them significantly yeah, yeah. If, you, if you guys uh happen to make artwork and stuff drop us some pictures of some of these wonderful creations we've come up with there are people out there there has to be someone out there who wants to draw a cat as a star that would be really cool <laughs> i, I want to see that. i want to see my box cat too so i'm gonna draw my box cat. absolutely did we miss something? Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, eric, at goblinscorner.com, or, or me, matt, at goblinscorner.com. We're on all the things. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch as... Goblins Corner. And we're on Instagram as... The Goblins Corner. Mm-hmm. Did you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, or Twitch. If you could do us a favor, click the five stars, give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, and YouTube. It boosts our shows. It feeds the hungry algorithm. Or the delightful Philanathrin. <laughs> yes. Currently burning a star system to the ashes. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. See you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. The music is by the Mighty D20. This has been a Subterranean production.